Hey universe, it's 2.52 in the morning, the morning of August 7th, 2022, per the calendar of the Pope, and I haven't even listened to the last one because I'm with almost 100% certainty. Um, sure, I said absolutely nothing because what I did in <laughs> in true John fashion was sign on to talk about something specific and then immediately wandered into something different and never even close to the territory I initially envisioned recording. So... Does that mean that I'll be there now? Well, somewhat. But with the lack of fulfillment that the last podcast, podcast recording, um, sustained, it seems only fair that this time I come with a destination to which I will point over and over again because it will be staggered steps to reach anyhow and if I can't build through the interim signposts that are marking the way to the actual outcome well then maybe this is the end of the recordings because that at a minimum is what anybody who thinks they are putting anything on any medium whatsoever that may be re-listened to at some point in the future should have in their forecasting plans. What you do with that? Well, we're about to find out. But one thing we're going to do is... Ah, shit. I can tell you this. You do not want to be battling cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome. It is flat-out terrible. But... It does seem to have a, a somewhat manageable scale, although the last seven days have certainly put that back into question. Because, again, all I do is spend time trying to coax my small and large intestine to do the job that they just naturally do in almost any other circumstance. And that's not a fun predicament for you and your small and large intestine to be in together. Trust me. And I believe that it is directly related to consumption of cannabinoid uh, for me. It doesn't matter if it's in edible plant derivative concentrate any of it is liable to set off the discomfort chain of events that uh, will only cease to occur if you no longer smoke it a the, the crack. Yeah, no smoke it a crack. Maybe smoking a crack would balance it out. What is it, cocaine? See, so I guess if you run into this issue, then you have to develop a cocaine habit so that you can first bump dump your way out of the problem. 
But if that all sounds like way too much of a drug hmm, regimen on which to be, considering you're already hooked on caffeine and who knows what else, well, I'm with you. So I tried to quit smoking pot for good. Thought I had maybe the impetus to follow through on that and didn't get but seven or eight days into it before I was like, fuck this. Uh-uh. I would rather deal with a gut locked up and bowel movements stuck like a barge in a... <laughs> in the... What was that? The... Uh, oh God, I can't believe I can't think of the name of the canal. Um, well, we know it wasn't the Panama Canal. But whatever locked up over there, the Suez Canal has to be. Uh, whatever took that little plug of uh, stoppage, well, that is a good metaphor for the slow and almost senseless process you must go through to coax what is an otherwise natural body function into performing its job. So, as I take this bong hit, it now offers me both the up and downside uh, of the physical experience that comes with being high or being so full that you just cannot leave the toilet. So then why the hell do I keep smoking pot? I guess because I'm addicted is my first response. And I don't feel physically addicted because I never miss the actual um, element of smoking. I miss the stress release, the mental state of hmm, thought progression. Frankly, the ability to shut down the world's chaos, ignore it. I don't know. I can't. I can't live on this planet without something that shuts out the noise. I can't imagine any of you human beings out there listening for any reason feel any differently. I'm certain there could be some level of Garden of Eden euphoria that might keep me from feeling like I gotta go take a bathroom break and hit the pipe. But even then, I don't know. I like having my mind altered. So, what am I going to do? Well, stay away from alcohol. Because as mind-altering and as giddy as that can be in the smaller amounts, in the amounts I inevitably gravitate toward, alcohol is a pain in the ass. So, it's another reason weed has always been the most attractive, is that it is indulgent, resistant. It is overdose, non-compliant. It is too much, makes you nothing but sleepy or silly. Or hungry. Or horny. Whatever it does, it doesn't make you aggressive, belligerent, and an asshole.
unless you're already those three things, in which case it likely will calm some of that down, but it can't cure you of that. Oh, being a belligerent asshole, I can speak to that one. But it does not overcome physical setbacks. Physical setbacks are not the sort of trade-off that mental release should be exchanging. So, I'm certain that a large portion of the chunk of time I wasn't recording has to do with the fact that, well, I wasn't smoking pot. <laughs> Not with any regularity. And honestly, that can, uh, well, it can snuff out my muse, that's for sure. And as evidenced by this morning's recording, which was marijuana-free, it is, it is a, there, there are just, there's goo between the good thoughts and marijuana lets me slip along that glue with some sort of Teflon coated magical chemical hmm, frictionless and electric um, pace. Whereas right now, pre-bong hit, well, we can all see what's happening. These nine minutes and 54, 55 seconds have felt a lot more like 19 minutes and 31 seconds. I could do the Steve Martin. The first minute felt like a minute because I was just warming up. But then the second minute, when I couldn't figure out what I was talking about. Well, that felt like four minutes because I was making you endure me figuring things out in my head before I could even speak them and then speaking them before I even thought I was going to continue along that path. But then I was already on that path, so I'm a little push before you realize I'm redirecting because I had never figured out what I was going to talk about in the first place, which is where we are now. So, well, none of that's actually true. <clears throat> I guess... If we're going to come to any agreement that going forward there must be certain baseline expectations among all of us, well, objective truth. Objective truth, kindness, understanding, forgiveness, and listening. Those are my big five at the moment. And this isn't... This pursuit of objective truth is the biggest flip-flop my life could have done. This isn't me. I'm not the guy that ferreted out that which was the noble underbelly of the deceitful charade placed upon us. <laughs> Hell no. I'm the dude either in on the charade or wise to the charade or pissed that he was duped by the charade I'm wondering if maybe he missed something where he could have been in on the charade. But I have no interest in ferreting out the truth, the wise, overarching lesson to be learned through the application of humanity and its misdeed tripping over its own stumble-bumble way of life. No. 
I saw that humanity was basically one big hand grenade with the pin pulled out and a couple of bunnies sniffing around it wondering what the hell's going on, I thought, well, this is awful. This is just awful. Because it doesn't have to be this way. And yet, the answers to why it is mostly boil down to because it's always been. And what does that give you? Because it's always been. Bullshit. Those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it, but those who do know history are doomed to mimic it exactly? Bullshit. In fact, it is my opinion that our distance from our own species' personal history is the greatest mind buffer we suffer. And no, there was no intention to rhyme all those words with tougher. So sorry, but if you're going to tell us that we are happenstance on a godforsaken rock in the middle of nowhere with the opportunity of uh, connectivity to anything other than that which we can experience right here, right now, in real time, is zero? Well, it gets awfully hard to wander off of the nihilism of the companies, those scientific points of data. And then you think, well, but what else makes sense, right? Of course we're the chaotic outcome of a chaotic universe producing chaotic systems that have these chaotic developments into chaotic consciousness that turns all chaotic and blows each other away with weaponry of unbelievable destruction. I mean, that was the road we're on. That was the inevitability of life while we were hiding under our desks, right? This could be the big one. This could be the big one. This could be the one where civilization as we know it ceases to exist. This could be the big one. But it never ever felt anything other than peripheral uh, anachronistic these concerns felt like the trifling legacy of a generation who had fought too gallantly and thus couldn't remember that the world wasn't built on war it was built on peace because when I came on the scene all I saw was Peace, love, and understanding. Well, in disco and polyester. And Star Wars. And you're given everything from Saturday morning cartoons to the the 
scholastic library books that you order on a bi-monthly basis to the adults in every realm of life, whether it be your little league coach, your fourth grade teacher, or your next door neighbor. Everybody was abuzz with potential greatness that was to be realized in my lifetime. Whether it was flying cars or uh, uh, curing hung world hunger, solving AIDS, it didn't matter. Wherever you looked, wherever you saw something that wasn't completely optimized for mankind to accelerate in greatness, well, somebody was either working on it or about to figure out that it needed help so that we could get on it and fix it. Everything that was being sent your way from all influences, from textbooks to, well, I never went to church, but I was in the Boy Scouts. The potential was unlimited. In fact, it was as if the generation behind us was somewhat envious of us for knowing how much of the work they had done that we would no longer have to endure. And specifically, I speak about social norms and progress that women and minorities made in the American nation over the course of the 20th century. Now, the fact that most of those gains have turned out to be illusory in nature, well, that's just one more way that this isn't the world that was supposed to manifest. You don't conquer the hatred inherent in the dissociative mindset of racism. You don't tear those walls down socially only so that you can resurrect them a decade later or secretly resurrect them the very next day. Or do you? I mean, if you start to think, but this can't be the way things go. We were on the right path. How did it get so screwed up? Well, there aren't a whole lot of historical references on which to draw, unfortunately. But even the ones that are there speak of the hubris, the mismanagement, the inevitable apathy and disinterest that befalls any group of peoples, no matter what they're up to, sooner or later they get tired of it and they decide to either blow it up or get out of it and do something else. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe that's how it goes down. But again, where is the... Where is the compositional makeup of the human challenged entity that it just has no 
capacity to stand up in the moment that matters, right? It doesn't seem inevitable. We don't seem built to fail. In fact, we seem quite the opposite. We seem, if anything, underutilized, emerging, truncated, perhaps intentionally. Because so much of what you think you should be gathering in your day-to-day -day information and decision-making criteria, all the sort of interpersonal humanity vibrations that take time to reveal themselves, but you can't deny the distinct looks and measures that your immediate family can take from a facial reaction you may make to a certain statement that would mean nothing to anybody else. But to them, well, they're well aware, you just turn the panic button inside on full blast because that statement, that's one. They know. And, and so what do you do if you can't figure out a way to be exactly yourself on this planet full of critics and told you so's and you know what would be good for you advice where do you take that right who can help you look inside you and decipher you in a way that's beneficial to you and quits the contamination of you that is otherwise bombarding you from every direction everywhere you turn every minute of the day you are being told what to think, how to act, how to react, what to do when behaviors are challenging and disappointing. And then you are told to adjust to 10% less than what you were just experiencing because shit just got worse. And in some circuitous way, it's all your fault. So there's the solid messaging of, well, I guess if I'd have just stuck with those dressage lessons as a young lad and kept up with my Eagle Scout badges, maybe, maybe, maybe I wouldn't be working at Home Depot. But yeah, you would. You know, like, you know, you know, if you feel something about yourself that is pressure from society, you know, you're succumbing to it because something in your head says immediately, ah, it reacts in a, just let me have one quick say, fashion. It isn't a seamless connection to the moment it is a check-in from inside your mental head whether this moment has been massaged in a way that 
is now tilted against you. And for those of us who are just hyperly observant, and I'm not pretending that this is a condition that everyone who isn't hyperly observant sees less of the world than those who are. No. I think hyperly observant comes from two things. Number one, it comes from a frenetic um, character, composition, whatever. It's not character, but you're just built a little higher strung. There are calm, sedative, and tranquil humans, and then there are the wound-up tops. I do believe the hyper-aware, unfortunately, are the ones trying to spin out some of that extra energy in ways that turn into noticing and observing detail at a level that is just insanely uh, inappropriate. And it's not inappropriate because it's not available to be registered. It's not inappropriate because other people take offense at you noticing their slightly off mood today. It's not even inoffensive because other people eventually get tired of you always analyzing everything to death. Although I'm sure all of that plays a little part of it. Now the worst part of it is that if all you do is measure the room in detail, you do fail to look within. You do not understand that tranquility doesn't come from finally measuring everything in the room to the point that you can completely say you know how it all works and what it's all going to do. Because while you may be able to do that with the dresser extension rollers that are installed for drawers on a bureau, there are some places where measurements can be exact and expend predictable results time after time. Nothing in life behaves that way. In fact, life is so set up not to behave that way that any attempt to make that formula conform to your life will throw your life into some unmeasurable askew state. That's how it works. And that's not even just reverse psychology. Life is the only effective way to keep us Sims moving left, then right, then left, then right. Although... I'm sure some of that's in there. But it's it comes back to that level of balance that nature is constantly either moving toward or achieving. But no other state exists. So anything that goes up creates something else that goes down. And this isn't uh, even to say that there are discordant uh, relationships here. That somehow this... Uh, what is that? Inversely proportional relationship between two uh, elements are creating one positive and one negative outcome? No. No, that's just what humans think. Humans are stupid enough to put everything in a binaural. A, B, and A, if A wins, B fails. Well, no. In fact, in the universe, there's never, there's never failure. There's just persistence. There's just endurance there is the understanding 
that the energy's cycling through the universe that you're now 100% a part of, well, they influence everything because all you are is universal influence to create this point in time and space for this reality you're experiencing to thus influence time and space in this progression of humanity, hopefully, until a fulfillment of conscious connection to the universe at the highest level is available. And I read all these notes about star seeds or ascension plans or basically it's the same five eight minute videos that just run again and again and again and again and again across like 40 channels and 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 while all that's just mumbo jumbo shit the the diversity of interactivity that is happening to humanity with us being behind the mirrored glass unaware that the observation is as direct and widely and widely dispersed across interested parties it's I don't understand why I don't know I thought for the longest time it was the planet was done. I thought this was the end of what was sentient humanity. I'm not sure it's not. But what has me recovering an optimistic feather of hope out of what still is 99% doom and gloom? But I didn't know that my journey was going to include players, key players, entering this late in the game. This is unusual. Because for that life path to exist, a whole bunch of buffers are put in place to get you to that point <laughs> to both of you to all of you anybody that has to essentially uh, non-attach for 45 years well that is counterintuitive on every level whether it be career companionship codependency addiction You don't assume the human form to keep your mouth shut, your eyes down, and never talk to anybody. This is the social experience. This is the opportunity to individualize so that your experience, your unique experience in reconnecting to the collective 
well, you'll never, ever forget it. And it, <laughs> it's, it's delusional, right? To have these memories flooding you. But it's what's happening. I am certain that my imagination is running over. Because how else do you envision the realizations of nihilism is absolutely 100% untenable for it fails to recognize the one thing that I didn't know until now which is we all have a soul and that soul matters because if we're not big enough to see our little individual single run of life that this is, is as influential as the sun creating the solar system in which we are allowed to exist and experience Earth 8675309. As as important as any vein of lithium in Afghanistan, every molecule, every atom, every construct of matter in this space is playing its part to produce this consciousness experience for us and if you've been here long enough then you too may have time in this universe as nothing but atomic matter and that part of knowing the universe contains the energy that is human consciousness in an eternal pursuit of what that consciousness can experience? Well, I, I guess that's the first real moment of faith I've ever had in life. Because I do know that everything I just said, everything I spoke, is true. Because it's been my experience to have been through it. And the more I dream and remember it, the more it comes to me why I'm here. And I've always only known one thing about being on this planet. Well, maybe two. That I don't fit in. That's the maybe. And that I'm here to witness something. Or to acknowledge and record experience um, report an event or perhaps be obliterated in a planet-wide catastrophe in other words I've always thought while I had no real 
motivation, direction, purpose, calling, focus, other than ride as many of the roller coasters around here as possible. Because what do you do if you have no plan? Well, you go to the amusement park and fucking have a great time. So, I just didn't feel it was my place in coincidental cosmic creation of this body structure and lineage to feel all that attached to human life. Really, who cares? I wish I'd have been a dog. They seem to have a better run of it. So, what changes you from my life would have been better as a dog to oh my god I have a soul that's as ancient as the universe oh my god I'm here for something important and oh my god so is everybody else and oh my god there is God at least I now have a concept of God that is real to me after having essentially 100% rejected the idea on face value from the get-go. But I always said if the evidence comes in my, my way and says, hey, have you thought about this? But what about this? Or, of course, what are you going to do with this? Yeah. What are you going to do with this? Well, obviously, I'm going to continue recording in the most unlistenable format possible. At least, that's what the last... That's what summer has basically been. For reasons that are both identifiable and still elusive. But the identifiable ones, the ones like, well, that cannabinoid hyper... 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 <laughs> <sighs> cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome Ugh. Um, was no fun still isn't and uh, but is no excuse two uh, Lily three family holidays four uh, pets health five uh, my uh, crisis and confidence six uh, this stuff is all pretty still insane to me and doesn't necessarily leave me feeling all that good to go out and share my current uh, discomfort and uh, paradigm shattering with the world, but seven, I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know why. I don't know why I have to continue recording for the rest of the year, the process that it is to go from lost entirely to purposefully driven and directed with the sort of renewed confidence in what we're up to that can be explained either by 
I'm an NPC or you are.